0: And we are back, uh, albeit a day late, Devils on the Rush uh, with the Fisherman and Alex Chavancey. Another week in the books, six points to be had, five were taken, two rivals down the drain. Alex, what did you see this past week?
1: Uh saw some good stuff uh, from the Devils, but also some stuff that shows that you know their torrid starts of the season, might, they might be coming back down to earth a little bit. But even though that's the case, they still came away with five out of six points, like you said, to open up things uh, here. So all in all, pretty good week once again.
0: Yeah, fantastic week. Uh, you had two rivals on the slate and a pesky Nashville team that we've had trouble with uh, in the previous couple years. Uh, I, I did spend a year in Memphis last year and did make it up to a game in Nashville Uh, Great game day experience, we can get into that later, but let's jump right into the Rangers game. Uh, Heavily anticipated game, um, almost a exact flip-flop of last year where the Rangers were the hot team out of the gate and the Devils were struggling to find their identity. But this year it's the Devils flying out of the gate and the Rangers very much struggling to find their identity to win games, uh and it seems to garner any sort of passion from the bench as well. Uh, Alex, what'd you see out of that game?
1: So I was at that game uh at Madison Square Garden. I barely got uh, settled in by the time the Rangers had scored like what two minutes into the game, not even, uh, off Panarin, and then they scored again 2 0. And you know, I was like, oh, did I waste my money here? But no. Uh, the Devils came back, uh, as they have done so many times this season. And, uh, you know, it's like Lindy Ruff had said in his post-game conference, uh, press conference after that game, he didn't use his timeout cause he didn't really, he wasn't really concerned about how the Devils were playing. He thought they were still in pretty good shape and they were the better team at five on five to start that game, even though the Rangers got two quick goals and eventually their play, uh, I guess the Rangers kind of so-so play at five on five to start that game got caught up to them and the Devils, uh tied things up and from there they kind of just controlled the game until the third period when the rangers uh pushed back to try to get the game tied up but uh yeah that was another uh, impressive performance from the devils at least for the first two periods and you know vanacek was really good after he gave up the two goals not that i could really fault him uh on the first goal the second goal it's an area you don't see from him too often but yeah he was really good after those for two first two goals and uh, that was a good win to get the week started off on the right foot
0: yeah it was um it, it, it lived up to the billing, I thought. I thought the Devils, obviously, uh, we can get into the slow starts being concerning because they definitely are. Um, but I thought they played a, a great, call it 45, 50 minutes maybe uh, yeah. that night. Um, excluding maybe the, the last. Where they need to get better, though, is definitely on the start, right? Like that That's unacceptable. We saw it against the Flyers. We saw it against the Rangers. And... Um, did we see it against
1: the Preds? Yeah, um, we did see it against the Preds. They were down two so nothing. I remember.
0: Yeah, that's right. Down two. You know, Friedman even got into this as a joke. He said, uh, Don't you know, go
1: down two nothing against the Devils. Yeah, I, I declined the goal. And, you know, it's yeah. kind of funny
0: because they, you know, they did respond very quickly in both instances. But these are right now not the best teams in the NHL. You're not responding like that against uh, an Avalanche team or a Hurricanes team or you know, a Maple Leafs team, you know, the, these these starts need to get better and they need to get better quick um, because I even think you shared a stat today or a chart, um, and I was having a little trouble reading it at first, but then I got oh, it. Basically, yeah. It was basically like the Devils score and then chill, right? Like that's yeah. fine. Continue doing that, but you need to score first and you yeah. need to have a substantial lead to score and chill, which could, you know, be, maybe be a, a T-shirt theme for the yeah. Devils. But um, – <laughs> you know holiday ideas here (laughs) you know but it is getting very concerning uh however it's very encouraging that they have the confidence to go be down to nothing and just like that tie it or even take the lead pretty quickly after uh i thought they controlled most of the second period they've they've dominated second periods this year uh and i think the score differential or goal differential shows that so great on them for for turning that game around and turning it around quickly um but yeah these starts really need to get better and they need to get better quickly.
1: Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. We saw that really every game last week, including the Flyers game, which didn't even turn out to be a slow start. There. it just took them to about like the third period to get things going. Against the Flyers. Too many
0: cheesesteaks the night before. I mean, that was just, a, that was a tough game to watch.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that in a second uh, for sure. But, uh yeah, I mean as far as that Rangers game, uh y- you could tell and the Rangers were coming off a really bad loss previously. That uh was it that Sunday, I believe. Yes. Yeah,
0: so, you know, I guess it is kind of like I'll give a little bit of a a, a leeway in the Rangers game because you knew they were coming out with a punch and they were gonna pack their best punch after giving up a three nothing lead
1: in the third uh, period. In, le-
0: in the third period, and Leon Drysidle completely emasculating your captain. Um yeah, you would. You were going to come out with a punch, but that punch was weak, um, and and the Devils put you to sleep pretty nicely in the second period.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing with the Devils compared to the Rangers this season is that the Devils, well, first of all, their blue line's a lot better than the Rangers' blue line. Uh, I just Which that- is
0: kind of crazy to think, right? Because I, you know, the Rangers have good blue liners. You know, you have your Truba's, you have your Fox, you have you have a Norris winning defenseman, you yeah. have cheeto no not cheeto um
1: keandre miller
0: keandre miller right they have a lot of good young talent on that yeah. back end but they just don't seem to be i don't know i guess shisterkin's not playing on mars this year and therefore it's making exposing them a little bit
1: yeah i think that's part of it i mean he's kind of just regressed to being an above average goalie to start this season which if uh, i had kind of even said this over the summer any kind of regression from him could be problematic for a team like that, which is kind of funny though, because their five-on-five five numbers have actually improved a lot, but and they're just not getting the finishing and goaltending luck right now. But I think the Devils just—they have a deeper roster up front for sure, and on the blue line, um, which I'm going to talk about a little bit in stat. Attack, when we get to it um, in this episode. Stat Attack! Um, yeah, they, that's our new theme song for Stat, stat Attack, by the way. But uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Like the Devils have just a deeper roster than the Rangers right now. And I think they play a lot faster than the Rangers. Uh, I thought the, just being there in person, and I was, you could see the, the Devils just a lot quicker than them on the puck. I think the Devils' work on the cycle was giving the Rangers a lot of trouble, at least through the first two periods when they were really controlling the game um then you know the devil's top end scores showed up in that game jack hughes uh, had that sick goal from off the alley pass from dawson mercer uh vanacek after a slow start was better than just loved that goal, that goal yeah, by the, the way goal was insane. the pass was insane more than i
0: mean anything. rightfully so i dawson mercer i think got uh nominated for play of the night um, on the uh, NHL's uh, Instagram account, uh, I know you're not a big Instagrammer, Alex. No, I did
1: see that though. I'm on Instagram enough I'll these provide days. Provide all in- the Instagram night. insights yeah.
0: for this uh, for this podcast. All
1: right, that's that's fine with me. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the Devils just look like the better team, I and mean, it shows in the records. I mean, the Rangers are something like one in four and one in their last six games. They got their ass handed to them by the, the Blackhawks the other night. So, uh, yeah, it just. You saw, it's kind of, like you said, it's such a reversal of what the two teams looked like last season. I mean, the Rangers are definitely better this season than the Devils were last season, but um, still, it's kind of crazy that the one, it's almost a 180 flip, not quite, but the flip is quite, uh, I wasn't expecting it to be that drastic if there was going to be a change between the two teams this season.
0: And I think there's one more thing to note from this game and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Truba definitely tried to line up Nico and completely oh, yeah. missed, right? Is that the GIF?
1: Yeah, that was the video that was going around after the game. I didn't see it because I was driving back. I didn't see it until a bit later because I was driving back from Madison Square Garden. But, um, yeah, I saw it making the rounds on Twitter once I got home. And, yeah, I think Nico kind of, like, gave a little shimmy because he, he you could tell. I think he saw it coming, so he kind of gave a little shimmy to throw Truba's timing off. And Truba missed badly because of that and then there was just First like, of what the- a
0: dick dude like stop yeah. trying to line up people and play yeah, some I mean, hockey
1: everyone saw i think pretty much everyone saw andreas anathisti's uh comments either i think last night uh to chicago please Black do, or don't
0: or- reveal the comments though what was that please don't review the comments though just don't re- reveal them just yet
1: oh no i okay yeah i got you i, I don't remember it off the top of my head anyways so um but yeah he's i mean he's kind of i think p- people around the league can becoming a little aware of truba or they're calling him out at least uh you know if someone had connected if he had connected with nico there would have been that could have gotten ugly real quick
0: i would have um, jumped on the ice um but you know i don't know i i think on 32 thoughts of The today they brought up an interesting point it was like is true dirty, or are we just not used to seeing these hits consistently like we did in the early 2000s and, and late 90s? Um, I think the question also begs: Has this style of play turned in the beginning considered um, dirty just with yeah. the evolution of hockey? So, and that question wasn't asked today on the podcast. Honestly, I think the game has progressed to a level where this type of hockey and head hunting has left the game. Um, and I understand that sacrifice is a complete career from one of the best devils ever in Scott Stevens. Um, but I think this type of play has has left the game.
1: Yeah, I agree. And there was an episode of 32 Thoughts. I think it was over the summer where Friedman said he was trying to get a player on to his podcast that was trying to he didn't reveal the name of the player because the player is not comfortable, I guess, going on the podcast yet. But he said there's a player around the League of who's trying to get on who wants to make a push to get these kind of hits thrown out of the game. I think it was a little bit after the Truba Hit on Crosby during the playoffs. That
0: was another dirty one, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's and you know, it, it depends on your def- definition of dirty. Like, as you were saying, like, is that a dirty hit now? Because 15 years ago, sure, that type of hit, I don't think anybody would have been calling it dirty, but you know, it's 2022 now and you're trying to get head injuries and concussions out of the game as best as you can. So, and, you know, I, well, like, you don't want to, obviously I'm not going to reveal Anna comments right now, but he, you know, sort of hinted at that a little bit in what he said. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if it's, it's rough, uh, if he connects, he could really hurt someone like that Nico hit, he was going at him. If he connected with Nico, it would have been ugly. Cause Nico was red, I think on the, like by the benches or the penalty box. What? but
0: well, even even with a lot of those hits and if you miss time it which he definitely did in the Nico's instance but what let's say he's even a half second later and Nico doesn't have the complete time to to react like he did and he's still late on the hit and doesn't make contact with the body but he takes Nico's knees out or something like that like because he was coming across he wasn't coming yeah. straight on so
1: yeah
0: yeah so there was there was a significant chance of knee-on-knee contact there, and we know what that means. We've seen that injury n- numerous times. So, you know, I, I can appreciate a heavy hit if it's lined up. Like the-, the
1: Darlene hit on uh, someone last night. Great I hit. Great yeah, hit. That was, that was, I, yeah, that, I, that was one great. One of the
0: Sharks, I believe. It was one of the Sharks. And right, he, yeah. He drops the, you know, great play by Darlene. I, I can encourage that. But if you're crossing the ice and looking, looking to take someone out, especially their best player or one of their best players, that that needs to be removed because what what's in, in and I think we stated this previously with McDavid or I might have said this to you offline. These types of players are the ones paying these these goon salaries, right? Because uh, because yeah. Truba sure as hell ain't paying his own salary um, yeah, with the he's way been, he's playing.
1: he have been having yeah. a rough season.
0: Yeah, wait till Stat Attack. Um, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so, but but that's my point, right? Like players like Nico and Jack, they're putting people in the seats which are then inter- indirectly paying the 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 salaries of all these other players. So it's 2022, I think you got to get rid of it. I think I'd much rather see a highlight goal from a Trevor egress than than a hit from Ryan Reeves. Um that's that's where I stand.
1: Yeah, and I think that was the argument that Friedman was uh and Merrick were making on that episode from over the summer that like you know, say like one of these hits takes out of like a McDavid or a Jack Hughes, um, you know, Patrice Bergeron, just name your top player at this point. Um, and, you know, say Chupa connects Crosby, obviously in the playoffs, you want to see Crosby playing in the playoffs. Um, you know, let's say one of these hits takes out one of these top players and you want to see them playing in these games. And so, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's why, like, I think most people, especially the younger generation of fans, rather see the goal scorers and the highlight real plays than some dude you know, getting his head taken off by an elbow. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's time to try to outlaw these kind of kinds of hits. And I think as time goes on, you'll probably get more and more of a push um, from maybe the league. I don't think we're there right now. I don't think uh, it's it's going to be dependent on the players. And I don't know how the players feel about stuff like this, but, you know, and again, I don't want to say NFC's comments, but you kind of get the hint by off, based off what he said that, you know the players are starting to feel like uh he's these types of hits need to get out of the game
0: yeah definitely um anything else or should we put a bow on it yeah i
1: think that's it for the rangers game
0: all right great well uh we see the rangers again on monday uh and we're doing a little flip-flop the fishermen will be in attendance uh with my cousin and uh alex you'll be covering the game from home
1: yeah i'll be at home for that one for sure
0: okay fantastic all right, let's move to the Predators game. Um, I think we can just hop right into the third period, about three minutes to go, and the Devils go on a power play. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good place to start. What do you think?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, leading up to it, too, is a little, I guess we just quick like so, two nothing, they go down two nothing again, just like the Rangers game. Second period, quick three goals, up three two, and then, you know, it's kind of holding down. Oh, like, yeah. I guess
0: okay. I should state that Jesper goal was wild the passing and then the oh, little, right. yeah. I mean, it, and I don't know if a lot of people caught this, but there was some nuance to that five hole. It wasn't just a slide of the five hole. It was a little flip over the goalie stick to then come down and go through the five hole. It was extremely sexy, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't even notice it. Yeah. Well, you know, uh-huh. Alex, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Um, so it was incredible that goal. I, I really recommend going and re watching Jesper's finish on that.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to re watch the finish on that because I didn't even notice that. So, um, but yeah, here we are. So we get to a 3 2 game and yeah, up to that power play with about three minutes left. Um, I didn't tweet it before they started that power play. I'm never a fan of putting two defensemen on a power play, especially. That was only a one goal game at that point. So, like, you get a power play goal there, after and then it's not working
0: up and ripping. Like, they need to get the second insurance goal there, and this is the perfect opportunity to do it.
1: Yeah. And Ruff said after the game, the goal there was tried to get the goal. So, fine. That's the right approach. But if that's. You the can case, say that,
0: but your actions speak completely different when you throw John Marino on the first unit of the power play.
1: Exactly. That's where I was going with this. Like, if Marino's is out there. Uh, you're just kind of like power killing your own power play. Um, I didn't like it, and of course those- they
0: just kept playing. They played. They played keep away for two minutes. Um yeah, they really got they didn't any
1: see- chances on that power play. They didn't get any
0: serious chances on it, and it was awful. It killed momentum. If yeah. anything, it gave momentum to Nashville. Nashville came down. They got a late goal. Um, yeah. It was really I- shocking to see because the Devils have been very good about closing one-goal games up this year. Uh, I don't have the stat in front of me, maybe you do, Alex, but they've done a fantastic job closing out tight games this
1: year. Yeah, I don't have it up in front of me, but they have been really good in uh, close games this season. So, um... but,
0: another, but it was a poor clearance or lack thereof from Dougie, um, and, it, and I think there was a couple opportunities to actually get the puck out of the zone, and they didn't do it. And then it was a bad turnover in in overtime, and that was that.
1: Yeah, the, in the overtime, too, obviously the bad turnover, too. But then you just kind of have like three guys, three Devils skaters out there just kind of puck watching. And uh, who's that? Ryan Johansson scored the game winner for the, the Preds. He Ryan opened
0: Green. it and closed it.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, three guys kind of got caught puck watching. Nobody covered Johansson and just pretty much easy shot for him from the slot to put it past Fanacek for the win, I mean, or at least the Devils got a point out of it. So there was their first overtime loss of the season, which is kind of crazy considering we're twenty-five games into the season at this point. Um But yeah, overtime first
0: or shootout loss.
1: Right. Yeah, overtime or shootout loss—the first one of the season. So that's pretty impressive that they've gotten to that point with just picking one of those up. But. Um, That was definitely a game where the Devils let a second point slip away. Um, I could understand maybe putting two defensemen out on a power play if there's two minutes left in the game, but the Devils still had about three minutes left in regulation. And you have to go for the goal. At
0: least give me a defenseman that has a shot. I mean, like, if you're going to put another one out there, give me a Damon Severson or, you know, like, you know, don't don't give me a Severson or Graves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just give me someone that's going to fire it.
1: Not even that, like, if Ruff says the point was to go for the goal there, then you should have just kept your normal first power play unit out there and just go for it, because I think, I don't know if the players were thinking this, but when they saw Marino out there, maybe there was just a little bit of a thought that, like, we're out here to just kind of kill this power play, and make but sure we also don't get it against, I don't know, that was kind of...
0: also messed up with their positioning, right? Because that Marino slot is used for either Jesper or Jack, yeah. Jack right, on the wing, uh, and now you have players playing in positions they're not used to. Granted, these are very highly skilled players and they should be able to adjust. But even still, you know, when you're not used to doing something, it, it does mess with you a little bit. And, it, and, and I think it just completely killed the flow. Um, one of the, the more poor decisions Ruff has made in, in what I would deem a pretty successful season from a coaching standpoint
1: yeah, I think that was probably the worst like coaching thing they've done this season. I can't really think of anything else that's kind of just popped up where I'm like, Ab, why are you doing that? But um yeah, it cost them the at least cost them a second point. Um, you know, they're lucky that um they were able to get the one point. They probably should have come away with two even in overtime, because they had possession to start off overtime. Won right? the face
0: off, yeah. they entered the zone, definitely should have gotten some better opportunities and they just didn't and uh, and, and we can move into the next game because it looked like it carried over into the Flyers game. Didn't yeah. have any life. Um, lucky to win that one, in my opinion. The Flyers are a god-awful team, and they're coming off another 10-game losing streak. Um, yeah, they had just
1: started before too, against the Islanders, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, but regardless, right? This yeah. is
0: another team that's team. in the basement. There's You have such a soul-sucking coach behind the bench. Um, you really have no young talent to, besides Carter Hart. Is he still young? I mean, 24, 25 at this point? Yeah, same, we still he was him? The same
1: draft class as Blackwood. So.
0: Yeah, so is it still young talent or is it, you know, he's getting I – mean, like, He's Carabee
1: is pretty decent. Um, yeah. about it. Uh, Frost,
0: is Frost at anything?
1: He was a top prospect, but he's been dealing with injuries, so –
0: and then, and then um, oh, there's someone else.
1: Anheim is workers. pretty good. Travis no, Sanheim. who's the
0: other guy? Coates? Coates,
1: maybe? Oh, Cates. I think.
0: Cates, yeah. He's been up and down. I, listen, dumpster it's fire of good, an organization. Not a good
1: Let's put it there. So.
0: Yeah, dumpster fire of an organization. An ex-Devil uh, front office member running uh, the GM and Chuck Fletcher. Right.
1: Briefly, an advisor to Ray Shero, for those who don't remember.
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad he's not advising anymore because it doesn't seem like the moves he's making are, are that hot. Uh, I mean, Nick DeLaurier in the offseason to a long-term deal um, couldn't bring in a top free agent that literally said publicly he wanted to go there. Um, I, I can go on and on about this dumpster fire, um, but the game itself, um, <laughs> not encouraging, but they won, right? Yeah. I think uh, another... You know, I guess we could chalk it up as didn't play well, they won, that's a good sign, right? You need to win those types of games. But I think at some point when you have two performances in a row of Predators and then the Flyers, you, know, you don't want this to turn into a trend of either poor starts or just poor performances.
1: Yeah, and the thing, like the Flyers may not be a good team, but they played pretty well through the first two periods. Of that game, uh, Kira Schmid was really good again, kind of like the truth at this point. Um, okay, for Calder, yeah, small sample size, of course, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's got a, even he's made 31 out of 33 saves in his uh, in that game, and his save percentage dropped from 952 to 943. That's just how ridiculously good he's been this season. I saw
0: um, a lot of high danger opportunities I'd say in the last 7 to 8 minutes of yeah, that game as well. I was well. actually
1: going to get into that because even though the Fires had like the shot share and stuff, they didn't actually generate that much quality because they just don't have that many quality players on that team. Like they finished the game with 10 high danger chances or something like that and like a better Burn. team so, like a better team with more skill up front probably would have made the Devils pay for getting outshot like that. But, you know, the Flyers don't have that much top-end skill right now. They're missing Sean Couturier and uh, JVR still out, I think, right? Was JVR in that game? No, right?
0: And uh, did Cam play as well?
1: Atkinson's out. No, he's not playing. Right Atkinson, that's
0: another, you know, another top-end top sc- forward.
1: Yeah, they're missing the top-end scores right now, so that definitely doesn't help matters. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a good game from the Dells for the first two periods, and Ruff kind of switched up his lines to some more familiar stuff to start the third period. And and we got it
0: from Zeus, baby.
1: Yeah, so yeah. The, well, before he, yeah, before Ruff even switched up the lines, we got the goal from uh, the Wood, Zetterland, and uh, McLeod line. And then you know, switch him up to the third period, and Carter Hart uh, makes the awful play, uh, trying to play the puck behind his net, results in a turnover. And Dawson Mercer just has an easy open net, uh, empty net goal there, um, was alongside Wood and McLeod to start that period. And then, yeah, we saw the uh, rough reunite the Tatar he Zetterlin line and the Halla Hughes Brat line. You know, Halla and Hughes and Brat, they were on the ice for a goal. You know, it was obviously a great individual ash- effort from Hughes. Um, and that's all they needed, even though the Flyers got back into it a little bit later in the game when they made it um, 3 2. Devils are also a little fortunate that Frost ran into Schmid at one point, waved off a goal because of incidental contact, which was the right call. But. Yeah, they managed to escape with a win that they needed to not needed to have, but that's one you definitely should have. No, we needed
0: that because you can't lose two games to the Flyers in in a that's season. True. That's just yeah, not acceptable. I tried to
1: put that first game out of out of memory, so that's true. Yeah, especially the Flyers I team that's scarred not my,
0: scarred in my memory. I was sat up there with those assholes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess it's different when you're there. That just sits in your memory. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the Devils definitely definitely one they have. You you, got, you should definitely win against a team that's they're going to finish eighth. Well Actually, I forgot the Blue Jackets have been almost equally as bad. But yeah, they're bottom dollars in the Metropolitan Division. And it's good to come away with a win like that, even though they didn't play their best game. They found to win. And, you know, they got a little bit of a soft schedule here, which we'll get to in the end of the episode. So they can kind of reset things. But uh, yeah, that concludes another good week where they went 2 0 one even though they didn't always play at their best.
0: So, and it was also, let's not forget the first time we got a look at the new reverse retro jerseys.
1: Right. Those are clean, man. They look really good. They look
0: good. They look good. They look really
1: good. I liked them when they had originally re- released them, but seeing them in person and in game action, I thought, I kind of, they're what, they're only wearing them four times this season, right? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I'm going to
0: out with a new reverse retro next year, just a yeah. money grab. But they do look good. The one gripe I have, and this isn't with Adidas, so much designing the devil's ones it's so much that why are you doing the same theme for the avalanche i don't like that it's the same team they're going back to the colorado rockies for the avalanche they went back to the colorado rockies for the devils that's our history that's not the avalanche's history so like find something else i mean you you found history for the vegas golden knights to do something like don't 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 be you know infringing on devil's history for another franchise
1: like you couldn't do some quebec nordiques kind of stuff uh for the, exactly. uh, for the Avalanche. Was, i don't know was, did they do that last time did they do like a nordiques uh, throwback lesson the reverse retros for them i don't know
0: i don't know but
1: yeah. i mean you would think that would be like you do some nordiques kind of throwbacks but yeah i agree with you it's like the same color scheme get the and everything.
0: Lure on there just get just get it you know going
1: yeah so, yeah, I agree with you on that. That's not – that they have kind of like the same looking reverse retros is not great, but whatever. It's the
0: same theme. It's the yeah. same homage, and no thanks. Yeah. Um, but that's my gripe. But yeah, Also, um, we should
1: mention that the Devils tied a franchise record for most consecutive road wins with that win against the Flyers. And uh, their next two games that are at home, I believe. So, on Monday against the Rangers, which the game you'll be at. Uh, they'll have a chance to break the or tie the NHL record for uh, road winning streak. I think at twelve. So should mention Any that. Any stats that was a, you'd like
0: to steal of mine for stat attack?
1: Oh, well, uh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, yeah, no. Fair point. Um, let's see if they can continue this going with the with the road wins because it's it's hugely impressive. Um, but let's get another streak at home too, right? Like let's, right, yeah. let's just keep the train moving. Um, all right, let's move into some team news here. Uh, this week, it was reported that Mackenzie Blackwood and Anje Palat have both returned to skating. It seems that Andrzej, uh is just doing individual drills with some assistant coaches at this time. However, it is very encouraging that he is skating, right? Yeah. Uh, I think this lines up with the timetable that we have been told. I think um, as of today or yesterday, depending on when you're listening to this, Mackenzie Blackwood has started practicing with the team and taking shots. So yeah. that's encouraging there. However, it begs the question: Do we really need him back at this point?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, wait, I mean, yeah, it's it's a fair question. Like, is he the second best goaltender on this team? I think it's pretty debatable right now. Um, I mean, he wasn't like, so when he went out with that injury, it was what about a month ago? Exactly. I think at this point, and the devils were just kind of starting that, uh, 13 game win streak that they had. And I think there were like four or five games into it at that point. And he was like playing. All right. He wasn't playing great, but, um, Nothing
0: to phone home about to Northern Ontario.
1: Yeah. Like he was just, all right. So like, there's going to be pressure on him to do well when he comes back now, because like there's legit competition with Akira Schmid. Like he, you could argue that Schmid should be the, the backup to Vanacek right now.
0: I wonder if they send him down for a two-week conditioning stint to prolong this conversation.
1: Yeah, it's possible. Um, You know, I mean, he hasn't played – I don't know when he's expected back. The original timeline I think they gave us was like three to six weeks or something, and we're at four weeks right now. So he might not even be ready for like another week or two. And then, yeah, they could send him to Utica for maybe a couple starts there before uh, bringing him back up. But uh, – do yeah, you I mean, see it's a,
0: him used as a trade piece going forward? If Akira is still this good,
1: yeah, and like it, yeah, for sure. I don't even know if like if it's using him as a trade piece. I think like they could just kind of like look to dump his salary at this point if they think well, is get
0: something in return i wouldn't He'll mind a third something. third or fourth round pick oh,
1: yeah, no, they did something in return but like then they wouldn't use him like as part of a package a bigger package to get like a top six winger or something like that i think they would kind of try to move his salary to set that up i think that would be kind of the goal here um it's an interesting debate um you know if he comes back they're gonna obviously give him the sh- a, a run behind vanacek and kind of let him try to prove himself but if he doesn't play well, and they're going to try to move him and you have to go back to Schmidt because like like I said before, Schmidt has a 9.43 save percentage right now and he's kind of shown he's definitely capable of playing in the NHL at this point. So definitely an interesting debate that the Devil's front office is going to have to have here in the next uh, couple of weeks by the time Blackwood and Schmidt are coming back.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, And excited to see right like these are the types of conversations as a fan that you want to see where you have players competing for a spot because you need one to play better than the other and it's not out of desperation, which it has been in the past, you know, four seasons where we're bringing up the seventh string goaltender to step above an accountant from Central Jersey.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you know, Schmid was kind of like that seventh string goalie last year. He wasn't ready to play in the NHL. He's just making the jump from the USHL, which is a huge jump um and you know obviously an off season of training and everything like that he's ready to go now and yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens and then obviously palat uh that's gonna be a big one getting him back probably i would think we're probably still closer to like christmas or new year's for him coming back maybe even a little after that if i'm doing the timeline right they said i think eight to ten weeks originally and he had surgery like the first of november so new year's would probably be around the timeline he comes back But that'll be big for the top six. It's almost like making a trade deadline acquisition without actually doing so.
0: Well, I think it'd be huge, right? Um, It looks like Bastion's probably done for the season. If not, I don't
1: know. Rough set out indefinitely, so it's definitely not looking good.
0: Yeah. um, So the you know, I I, I guess the question begs then: Does Zetterland move to the BMW line? And it's a it's a ZMZ
1: line. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll get an acronym. One, give me a
1: yeah, word. right. So, what would that be? WMZ. I don't know.
0: Sure. Yeah. Mazda. I could... um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I think they'll definitely be welcomed. Um, you know, do you want to touch on the third line getting benched for the third period?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean a little bit. I mean, Holtz, uh, after having a really good game against the Predators, did not have his best game against. Uh, the flyers but and yeah i think rough just at the end you know it was the game wasn't going that well um i think he just kind of wanted to roll three lines to kind of just, just get the
0: win right games. just just smash and yeah, grab that at is, that
1: point i didn't think boke and ensuring and Govich got off that that awful starts in that game more so holtz um when you know he just wanted to roll three lines at the end and just kind of lean on his vets and his more uh you know, Mercer is not a vet, but I think you can kind of rely on him at this point. Um, so, yeah, I think that was just kind of the reasoning for it, I don't really think. They're going to get run against the Blackhawks, you know, on Tuesday night, so I'm not really concerned about it.
0: Yeah, big game coming up because they, they got to win that one, and they need to win it convincingly because past couple performances haven't been good, and then, you know, you have the Isles coming up, too.
1: And that, yeah, the Isles would a be a big game. one. They've been overachieving. That's, that's a top five years.
0: matchup right now.
1: Yeah, for sure, so. Um, All right,
0: let's move into Alex's favorite section of the show. Stat attack. All right, Alex, why don't you give us your uh, stats for the week?
1: Right, that's gonna that stat attack is gonna take some getting used to on my own because I feel like that's just gonna be a recurring uh, recurring intro going forward here.
0: Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna vary. just you know whatever comes into my head. I'm a maniac, right. so.
1: All right, I'm gonna to have to stay on my toes then. But uh, the stat I have this week is um, we're gonna look at the. I was talking about the blue line before in the Rangers game, so we're gonna stick with that. The Devils uh, have two defense pairs who've you know at least uh, at least logged 150 minutes that are in the top five uh, in expected goals percentage um, this season. And you would probably guess if you were listening before this and you didn't know, you're gonna guess Graves and Marino. It's actually not that pair. The first pair is Dougie Dougie Hamilton and Jonas Ziegenthaler, which I think everyone expected. They have the third best expected goals percentage in the league at 63.4%. But then right below them in the fourth spot is Brandon Smith and Damon Severson at 63%. So just basically the same thing. Um, And they played about 233 minutes together. So it's a little bit of a decent sample size at this point. But, you know, I was talking about the Devils' defensive depth against the Rangers game, and it kind of shows when you have your third pair and Smith and Severson, who, they granted, they don't play tough tough minutes, especially compared to the Devils' top four pairs. But, um, you know, that speaks to their defensive depth, that when you have your third pair who's in the top five and expect the goals percentage this season, um, that's kind of reason why that they're just you know, more often than not, maybe not the last couple of games, but more often than not, they're kind of clubbing teams here at 5-on-5. Five five um so yeah devils and it's night and day compared to what the devil's defense looked like last season obviously uh goaltending made their defense look worse than it really was but they were still a middle of the pack defensive team and this year they're you know the uh, if you look at their defensive numbers across the board they're top in the league and you know the reason why is they have two defense pairs uh, that are in the top five and expect the goals percentage so uh good stuff from the devil's defense and. uh you know, I mean, expected goals percentage is above 60%. That's pretty unsustainable over 82 games. So I kind of expect that to come down at some point. But, I mean, through the first 25 games, it's been fantastic.
0: Yeah, no, definitely agree. The the defense has been outstanding this year um, and some great work for uh, by you there, Alex. Um, and remind us where we got those stats again. Was that yeah, Money got, Puck?
1: Yeah, I got this from Money Puck. So
0: Yeah, Money Puck's been a great, great yeah, love Money source of data this year. yeah. All right. My stat, uh, and if it wasn't already uh, kind of hinted, Sorry at, uh, yeah, is uh, Jacob Truva makes $8 million a year and grand total of, let me check my notes, zero goals this season. So uh, great $8 million spent there, but hey, he can throw a bucket. We know that. Uh, so that's my stat for the week, uh, just to Taking a shot at
1: the Rangers. Look at you. Oh,
0: shocker. Shocker. Right.
1: It was, if The only thing that would be less surprising would be taking a shot at the Flyers, but you could have already did that to start this episode. So,
0: oh, I don't have enough. Listen, you don't want to put that much energy into it to a dumpster fire. So uh, let them burn on their own. Um, all right. And that concludes stat attack. All right. Let's move into my favorite section of the week. And that is devil's. Dungeon, Alex, who are you throwing in this week?
1: Yeah, so i think thinking maybe we might have the same thing here, but I'm throwing the Devil's First Periods into the dungeon uh, here because they just haven't been good. And granted, they got five out of six points. That's great. But as I mentioned in my recap of the Flyers game, eventually you're going to get off to a bad start that you're not going to be able to come back from, um, especially when the competition ramps up, which it will starting next week. I mean, you're going to have games against the Carolina Hurricanes Boston Bruins and Dallas Stars I even think they got a back-to-back with the Bruins and maybe the Hurricanes coming up to end this month or they at least play them twice to close each team twice to close this month I gotta look that up actually I got their schedule right here so I should probably look at that but I know those are coming up and the Islanders we already mentioned they've been overachieving um, Yeah, Dallas you got uh, Dallas next Tuesday you got the Panthers that's gonna be a matchup yeah, the Panthers. Their record's twelve nine and four, but um, they've been playing well. You got them on December seventeenth, and then you got the Hurricanes again, or you got the Hurricanes in a match with the Panthers again, uh, home and home with the or no back to back with the Bruins, both home games. If I'm looking at that right, yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, there's a Christmas break in between, that's why. So yeah, tough ge- tough schedule to end. And you got the Penguins on December thirtieth. It's a tough schedule to end this uh, December, and if, if you we get off put the that pad-
0: last pod, it's it's going to be a
1: gauntlet. Yeah, and the the game after the Penguins, if I just saw that right, was the Hurricanes again. So, tough schedule to end this month. Uh, if you get off the bad starts against teams like the Hurricanes, the Bruins, and the Penguins, you're going down 2 nothing. Not going to be as easy to come back against teams like that. Um, so, they need to figure out these bad starts here relatively quickly. And this week is a good opportunity to do it um, against the Blackhawks. And I know the Islanders are overachieving their 16 and 10 they're playing pretty well but their defense is terrible they're giving up a lot of shots so like it's an opportunity for them to get off to a good start against them as well so yeah that's my devil dungeon this week is their first periods they need to figure that out because once the competition gets a little tougher it's not going to be as easy to make comebacks when you're falling down to nothing every game in the first period
0: yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, you know, I, I I think if you didn't go with it, I probably would have went with it because the first periods have been stress inducing, uh, phone throwing, um, very frustrating to little say the least. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think my devil's dungeon this week is going to go to. Hmm. Probably Lindy Ruff's decision not to go for it on that power play. That's a good um, one. Well yeah. he did say
1: he went he he said did say they were trying to go for it. So maybe it's more on the players at that point. That's a tough one.
0: Bro, come on. Okay, yeah. He can he say put John Marino he out there. Yeah, you yeah. put John Marino out there. Like as I said yeah. earlier, your actions speak louder than yeah. your words. Poor decision, killed killed momentum, killed the team's belief. Um, and I think that just, you know, trickled into the overtime as well. Um, but, hey, it's one game. They still got a point out of it. Uh, you know, the, the, the Predators have been somewhat of a boogeyman for the Devils. So it's not the end of the world. But I think we can revisit this conversation next week if this style of play continues. Um, because uh, you, don't, you don't want it to. I want to keep these wins coming. Keep banking these points. Um because you don't know what's going to happen as we get further and further into the season, you know right. we've already had some pretty, you know, significant injury. I think like injuries like we've had this year would have derailed the season previously. I, and I think we're lucky that this team has taken another step. But you, you, you have the Palad injury, you have the Bastion injury, you had the Blackwood injury. Uh, luckily, other players have stepped up and showed that you know we can continue this good time rolling. However um you know who knows if there's not going to be more injuries right and And there surely will
1: be of course exactly it's hockey yeah
0: so uh that's the end of my devil's dungeon this week so let's pick it up boys all right let's move into the three stars of the week alex who is your third star
1: yeah so i actually had the most trouble trying to decide on a third star and i like i know who i'm going with the first two stars of the week but the third star is kind of uh, it's a bit of a tough one for me, but I'm gonna go with Eric Halla. He had three assists this week granted two of them were secondary assists but I mean he's not scoring goals. he's still snake bitten in that regard but if I'm gotta pull this up. I'm pretty sure he's got 11 assists on the year which is you know it's pretty decent and he's fitting in well on a line with Hughes um, not just because of face or I anything mean, but just kind of seem to have good chemistry. With each other. Yeah, he's got 11 assists and 12 points in 25 games. You know, if he had a couple more goals, he'd be looking at a pretty good season here. Um, but yeah, he played well. He's looking good with Hughes, um, and whether it's with Mercer on their wing or Brat, that line they just kind of seem to have chemistry. Uh, he's finding if ways. He,
0: I need yeah. to know a little bit more about Hala because he seems to have the biggest smile on his face every time someone scores. Uh, I don't know if him and Jack got a little bit of a bromance going there or or something but he, he you know, he just seems to be he seems to be a very great glue guy for this team.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's part of the reason why the Devils brought him in this uh, summer because he's a vet who was on the Golden Knights when they made the Stanley Cup run uh, in 2017-18 in their in the inaugural season. So he's playing well. Three points in three games. That's nothing to scoff at, of course, even though they were all assists. Um, two-way game has been good. He's been a good penalty killer. So my third start,
0: fantastic from the dot.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's your thing, face-offs. So, yeah, he's been very good on face-offs. So, yeah, third start of the week for sure for me
0: great great uh, I think my third star of the week is going to go to the devil's penalty kill um, I know it's not been a hundred percent but I think this devil's penalty kill um, definitely kept them in games there was there was a lot of games where it was late penalties they killed it off they won the games um, you know I think they stifled the Rangers power play until they got the late one yeah, like,
1: they were like five or six or something like that against the rangers I yeah think.
0: and and the rangers are a very good power play team yeah um and that, that's one way to get that team going is through power play goals yeah. and i think they they that's in my opinion that's one of the main factors they probably won that game uh outstanding goal goaltending from vtech on a lot a lot of those and that starts with him on the power on the penalty kill yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely third star of the week definitely goes to the penalty kill because I think they they were hugely influential in a lot of these games.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's a good one, um, especially that Rangers game it was definitely a difference maker.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Alex, why don't you go with your second star of the week?
1: Yeah, so second star I'm going with Miles Wood had a really good week as well. Uh, similar you know stat line if you look at it, Tahala, he had three assists, but two of them came in that Flyers game. Um I thought he played really well against the Flyers. Um
0: just keep him out of the equipment room, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Um and I'm trying to think. Yeah, he had the primary assist I think on Zelin's goal against the Flyers when he made kind of that uh, nice dish he did. behind the net. So um actually all of us i'm looking on now given, given someone
0: is, a given someone a second star after missing a game this week too that's that that's a, something about their performances
1: yeah i'm looking at his stat line right now and he had three primary assists so like can't really argue with that um uh, and you know it's gonna be it kind of like speaks to well how well him and mcleod have been playing because they they haven't really missed a step without Bastion so far. The rough is still trying to figure out who fits better with them. I think, uh, as far as like a Zetterlin or a Mercer type, but I think
0: it's definitely Zetterlin, right? He's got the speed. He's, he's heavy, right? He can throw his body. And yeah. if those two can go get the puck, just, just put it on a tee for Zetterlin. Cause that kid is always looking to shoot and that's what you love about him.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of the way the, uh, the goal against the flyers looked right. So, um, and Miles is playing really well. I could have even – I thought about going with McLeod even as my third star because I thought he had a good week too. But Miles, you know, he missed a game and he still had three assists on the week. Um, you know, the Devils, if they're going to keep the good times going here, they're going to still need to get contributions from that line, whether it's with Zetterland or Mercer as their winger. Uh, that's a big. The BMW line was a big reason why. They were doing so well, Um, so it's good to see that they were still producing, uh, even though they're missing Bastion and probably going to be missing Bastion for a long time here. So Miles Wood, second star of the week for me.
0: Yeah, no, I think I'm going to agree with you. Um, Everything from his on-ice play to his off-ice antics, I think he's taken another step this year, and this is coming from someone that led the team in goals um last year i believe or or um was it last year two, no, two years ago right um i think i think he definitely deserves an a on his sweater as palat's been out i i still don't understand why we haven't given a second a out um while palat's been out um but i think wood definitely deserves it i think he's a huge voice in that locker room i think he's a massive voice in that locker room um, yeah um So, you know, even with his comments to start the season, I'm sick of losing like that. That sparked something in that team. I'm convinced, even though he retracted it a day later. Um, So, yeah, I'm right there with you. Second star of the week easily goes to
1: Miles Wood. Yeah, I mean, longest one of the longest tenured uh, devils in this team, I think after like Severson. So uh, he was one of the only the few players that were on that 2017-18 team that made the playoffs. So, yeah, his voice definitely carries weight in the room.
0: All right. Uh, And your first star of the week? Jack Hughes,
1: uh, crazy week. Uh, yeah,
0: and before you even get into it, that's my first star of the week too. Uh, you look at every like game stat, he's all over it. His fingerprints yeah. have been all over these games. It's ridiculous. So Alex, floor is yours, but before, like, let's not even kid ourselves. It's Jack Hughes, and it's not even close. Jack Hughes is the first star of the week.
1: Yeah, so Jack's week, um, four points in three games. He had the really pretty goal against the Rangers, obviously, and then he also had that crazy goal against the Flyers to give him the 3-1 lead. Uh, also had a really nice assist to Kevin Ball in the Predators game for Ball's first goal of the season. Uh, his week, this week, only three games, and this is at all strengths. He had 11 shots on goal, 18 shot attempts, nine scoring chances, and four high danger chances. That's just in three games. So he's like, a freak. Yeah, and you know he plays like um, who mentioned it It was Cam Sharon and uh, Sharon and uh, Dmitry Filipovich when they did their Devils deep dive. Um, earlier in the season on the Hockey pdo cast, and they, I think it was Cam who talked about Jack, i uh, like the game is, is different. He's such a different player compared to McDavid because the 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 rank kind of looks like a chessboard to Jack. Use it's like he's not looking to like going flying in at 100 miles per hour like McDavid. Like he kind of just dangles around the offensive zone, waiting to look for that. You know. It's, perfect he's, pass or shot yeah, look, or just he's, his he's, imagination is just yeah, he's incredible kind of manipulating the uh opposing team in the defensive zone and trying to find you know move pieces around to get the look he's looking for and he's doing that at a really high rate right now and uh, you know at the beginning of the season he was a little bit unlucky like scoring wise point wise but right now points are uh flying all over the place so um yeah first start of the week easily for me uh, he's just ridiculously good
0: Yeah, I I, I completely agree. Um, I I don't think there's enough to be said about him, but he is just a pleasure to watch his imagination banking pucks in off goalies or finding incredible passes. You know, it's crazy to think that we thought – Jesper or Nico were the you know the best players on this team at some point this season and maybe they rightfully were but Jack is yeah. just, could just have been the
1: best player on this team I mean, Yeah, it's unreal what he does.
0: It's just I think Nico's the engine and and Jesper is is the fuel in that engine, but Jack is everything else the wheels the 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 cart yeah the steering wheel looking about
1: that first overall pick for sure now it's no doubt no doubt that his last season when he had 56 and 49 points uh, 56 points in 49 games that was clearly not a
0: fluke yeah definitely um all right well that's the wrap up our three stars of the week alex i know we mentioned this and we got into it you know Easy schedule coming up minus the Islanders. Um, Let's bank these wins um, because as we get into the back half of December, it is not pretty. It is downright ugly with some of the teams we have to play in that stretch uh, of of running through Florida um, and and the southern region of the NHL. Uh, Any thoughts uh, for the upcoming week?
1: Yeah, so slow – not slow week, just kind of a light week. Just got the Blackhawks and the Islanders this week before – and taking out the Rangers on Monday. Blackhawks, I know they're coming off a pretty nice win here against the Rangers, 5 2. But
0: they did lose 3 0 last night to the Islanders, though. So... I
1: yeah, that's right. So Varlamov had a shutout. That's right. Um,
0: also, uh, I do want to state something before, I have an honorary star, so maybe uh, oh. just just uh, before we wrap up here, and I should have got into this, but this is a big fisherman stat. Um, this week, the Devils won the faceoff battle in all three games, beat the Rangers 60-40, beat the Nashville Predators 53-48, and beat the Flyers 60-40. to So, I think it just speaks to how important the face-off dot is because they clearly did not play their best hockey this week and still got five out of six points. And I think one of those main reasons because they dominated the dot. Sorry. Let's look at the week ahead, Alex. All back to you.
1: Uh, Right. So there there you go. That's a a bonus stat attack right there. Oh, yeah. oh yeah um but yeah so just getting into this week yeah light week blackhawks and islanders um blackhawks they're a pretty low event team uh they got some guys who are uh, playing a little better than you, you thought they would have when the They
0: still have the high-end talent; it's still there. They can can, still score on you, but the depth is just lacking. And let's go into that game, put them away early, and let's move on to the. Yeah, Max
1: Domi's had a really, really nice season for the Blackhawks. He should get them a pretty good return at the trade deadline. Athena Nacio has played pretty well too. Uh, Jason Dickinson as well, but just overall, they don't have the depth or uh, their defense is not there. Mrazek's been in that. uh, They got a young prospect, pretty good-looking prospect, in Arvid Soderblom, who's also one of their goaltenders. But they're a pretty low-event team. The Blackhawks uh actually kind of surprisingly okay defensively, but they don't generate much offensively. So that should be a game that the Devils should win comfortably. And then, yeah, Islanders to close out and the week. Get league.
0: your popcorn out for Friday um, because this is a top-five showdown. Uh, I would argue probably the best goalie in the league right now in the, in, in Soroka, the Islanders' crease yeah. with Soroka. Yeah, Soroka
1: or maybe Hellebuck has been really, really good this season too. Um, you could definitely make the argument either one of them is the early of front runner. Um, you know the Devils. And their style
0: of play can give them give the Devils fits too.
1: uh well, in previous seasons, yes, but now they're playing a much more run and gun, open, uh, type of hockey on Lambert, uh, their defensive numbers are just terrible. They're giving up like the second or third most expected goals for sixty minutes. This season, which is
0: fine when you have Sorokin in that,
1: which yeah, you can live with that. Are uh, they you, playing
0: Rangers hockey this year? Is that what they're
1: doing? I was talking about this in a chat with some of my friends, but they're basically the 2022 23 version of the Rangers, uh, kind of run and gun. Um, uh, that Rangers weren't even run and gun last season, they're just a bad like five on five team. The season, the Islers are run and gun, uh, giving up a lot defensively, but they have an all-world Russian goalie whose initials also happen to be IS, like Igor Shosturkin. So um, yeah, they kind of look similar in that regard. Um, you know, I don't. The Devils lit up. They didn't lit, light them up, but they got four past Sorokin in their first matchup. Earlier this season, and I'm assuming Sorokin. Gonna- By no
0: means did they light him up because he stood on his head remember, that game. They, I remember they he had like, could have had like seven or eight.
1: And you have like, the Devils got like 40 something shots that game. So, And the potential for them to get 40 shots against the Islanders is there again because they just give up so much defensively. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what it looks like. These are not the, the Barry Trotz Islanders that gave the Devils so much trouble. Over the years, there are much more... Uh, the game is going to be open. There's going to be scoring chances. There's going to be opportunities for the Devils to score. Uh, whether they can get enough past Sorokin uh, remains to be seen because that guy can face 45 shots in one night and give up maybe one goal. So that's it. You know, We'll see what happens. But big divisional matchup for sure.
0: Definitely. Really looking forward to that one. Um, Alex, why don't you just remind everyone where we can find you on the internet?
1: Yeah. So Alex, uh, my Twitter handle is Alex C underscore thw um got a couple of things uh planned for the hockey writers this week and then something for infernal access on saturday so keep an eye out for those uh this coming week
0: fantastic well that is episode 11 in the books for devils on the rush uh look for us next sunday to drop a new episode uh and let's go devils
1: let's go devils
0: have a great week everyone